Welcome, ladies, to the Virtue Podcast. Today, we're going to look at what it means to have a heart of grace in your marriage. And even if you're single, please know you are welcome and the Lord has something for you too. My name is Diane Jackson, and I've been married almost 52 years. And I have five children and 13 grandchildren. When I was asked to consider doing this podcast, I felt the Lord impress on my heart to include the sharing from the newest Jackson family member, our first granddaughter in love. My name is Lauren Jackson, and I have been married for two and a half months. I am a high school English teacher and a volleyball coach. I have been learning a lot in my first couple months of marriage, and I am excited to continue to grow and learn more. So you might say, what is grace? Grace is that unearned, unmerited, or undeserved favor towards sinful me and you. So what is grace in marriage? It is when you choose to extend unearned or unmerited favor and blessing toward your husband and toward the two of you as a unit. One of the most important truths to get to and to get out of the way right away is that there is no perfect husband, there is no perfect wife, and there is no perfect marriage. But we can seek to practice more grace to one another and have a marriage that more glorifies God and honors Him. There is a biblical truth that maintains that God honors those who honor Him. So it is our desire that the short time that we have will be biblical encouragement that will strengthen your marriage, whether you have a great marriage or maybe a marriage that's just holding on. Because we only have a short time, Lauren and I would like to share four godly attributes that we're going to refer to as grace garments that we can put on in our marriages. There are many more than four, but we're only going to briefly share on these four as time allows. The first garment we're going to look at is, would you be willing to put on the robe of humility? Jesus tells us in Philippians 2.3, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. He also said that he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. Ladies, when you're adorned with the robe of humility, your relationship with your husband won't be all about you. In fact, it'll be more about blessing and extending undeserved favor to your man. It will include wanting to serve him more than serving yourself. We live in a world that shouts, it's all about me, myself, and I. And yet our Lord says to be more Christ-like, This will include humility, putting his needs before yourself as often as there's opportunity. I like what C.S. Lewis says, True humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. Humility lacks all signs of pride, aggressiveness, and self-assertiveness. It is not about loftiness and haughtiness. In fact, if there was only one word that was the opposite of humility, it would be pride. Sometimes knowing the opposite of a word can better help us gain a greater understanding of the meaning of the attribute we're looking at. When we're willing to die to self, being in the driver's seat, we give the Lord opportunity to work in our husband's life. So often, grace begets grace. Maybe you're sitting here and thinking, but my husband doesn't practice humility toward me like you just talked about, so maybe this isn't the best garment for me to wear. Dear wife, wear the garment of humility because Christ did. Paul in Colossians implores us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, and our calling is to follow Him. And this includes to walk in all humility. 
Humility is so valued and esteemed by our Lord and should be by us too. We serve when we meet the needs of our husband, physical needs, emotional needs, and spiritual needs. When our words and actions say, I support you, I'm on your side, I want to bless you, we are extending grace in our marriage. I remember part of the vows Lauren recently spoke to my grandson at their wedding. And I think reading a portion of this will exemplify humility on a wife's part. Lauren said, I promise to love you through the good and the bad times. I promise to watch all the college basketball games with you. Go Zags! I promise to show you my love with more than just words. I promise to be your biggest fan. I promise to listen intently as you talk about all the influential people of the world in the current political climate. I promise to support you in everything you choose to do in this life. I promise to fold the sheets. I promise to remain loyal to you. I promise to stand by your side each and every day. I promise to love the person you become in each phase of our lives. I promise to strive to be the best wife I can be every day. I promise to put you first. I promise to tell you I love you every day and mean it. This sample of Lauren's vows can encourage each of us wives to think about our vows. Would our vows today reflect attitudes and actions that have a heart of grace toward our husband, no matter how long we've been married? The second grace garment that we would ask you to put on is to put on the gown of gratitude. In marriage, there must be gratitude. Your husband has to know that you are grateful for him and more than just the fact that he is there, but you are grateful for what he does for you, how he carries himself in your marriage, and the way that he loves you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God wants us to show gratitude to him and in all circumstances, to our husbands as well. In my marriage, I will ask my husband to do something, such as take out the trash, and then I will thank him after. This is important because he knows that I am grateful, that he was willing to do that to keep our home clean, but I am also grateful that he is saying yes to what I am asking him to do. I let him know that I am grateful for everything he contributes to our marriage, whether it is the chores or it's the way he guides our marriage by God's will. In both circumstances, spiritual and physical, my husband knows that I am grateful for him. We should never hesitate to show gratitude to our husbands, just as we should never hesitate to show gratitude to the Lord. Don't ever feel like because we thank our husbands once, we don't need to thank them again. Our gratitude should be an ongoing opportunity to show our love in our marriages. We give thanks to the Lord for all He does for us, and that is a guideline for gratitude and thankfulness in our marriages. And now we're going to look at the third grace clothing, and that is we're going to talk about putting on the cloak of generosity. The cloak of generosity can do wonders in enhancing grace in your marriage. We probably all have room to be better givers, the giving of ourselves more and more to our spouse. How generous are you? Are you generous in your words, your compliments, your words of affection, your words of support and affirmation? Are you generous in your gratitude and thanksgiving to your man? And how about your actions and behaviors? Are you generous and giving in your helping out with various responsibilities, tasks, or other chore opportunities? Are you generous with your time concerning your husband? Or is your time just that, your time? 
Try reciting the fruits of the Spirit with your husband in mind and rate yourself. Am I ample with love, my words and actions? How about joy in your marriage? Does he know you're happy and delighted with him? And there's peace. Does the God of peace rule in your heart and home? And how about patience? Are you generous and not being demanding and I want it now? How generous are you in acts of kindness and picking up his socks and cleaning his bathroom sink? Are you over-the-top good to your man and taking care of him and always thinking the best of him? Is your faithfulness plentiful to him in all circumstances, in the good and the bad times? And how about gentleness toward him? When he seems to be going in a wrong direction or when you have an alternate point of view, are you meek, calm, and peaceable? And self-control. There are lots of opportunities to be more generous in your restraint and thinking before you react or respond out of emotion or out of your flesh. I had written this part of the message, and when I was rereading it, I thought, I need to rate myself with my husband and mine and see what the Lord shows me. When I got to the kindness one, I thought about how my husband puts his clothes in the laundry, especially his socks and t-shirts, inside out most of the time. When I fold them, I so often have the thought how it would be easier on me if he made sure his clothes were all right side out, so I wouldn't have to do that. Remember, I'd been married over 50 years and doing laundry for him for over 50 years. I had that thought in my mind, that if I asked him about doing this, his honest answer to me would be not to worry about turning them right out. Don't be concerned. He would say, it really doesn't matter to me. And I thought that's probably his honest response to me. But as soon as I had that thought, I had the impression on my heart that God was saying, it matters to me. Acts of kindness, big or small, are important to me. Wow, how quickly that changed my perspective. What a difference when we exchange our perspectives for His when they need realignment. Ladies, asking God to align our desires, our perspectives, and our priorities is key to having a heart of grace. And the Lord is so generous to us. Let Him be our example and let Him be our motivation. It is said of him in Ephesians 3, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, pouring into your lap. And Proverbs 22.9, For she who is generous will be blessed. What a lavish, liberal giving and abundant God we have. He gives grace more grace, and much grace. No one can outgive God. Let's be wives who are generous in our marriages so more grace may abound in our home. The last grace garment that we want to talk about are the boots of serving. Serving your husband in marriage is your role as the wife. Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. The word submit can be misconstrued with a negative connotation that you have to completely do everything your husband asks and wants of you. Instead, it means to serve your husband and allow him to guide and make decisions for your marriage. Serving could mean cooking dinner, cleaning the house, or even being a listening ear after your husband has a long day. 
In my marriage, I cook and clean when it is needed, and I also complete tasks if my husband needs them done. I am the more organized person in the marriage, so any administrative tasks are left to me, and that is one way I can serve my husband. I can also serve him by being loving and being a partner for him by always looking to him as I do with the Lord. Serving is not just about completing tasks, but it's being a source for your husband to go to and being a partner for your husband. As wives, we cannot serve just when we want to. Let the Lord be our example of a constant and faithful servant. He loves us and is there for us 100% of the time. In this way, as we try to walk like the Lord, we must remain constant in putting on the boots of serving. As wives, ask yourselves, do you have the boots of serving on? Lauren and I have briefly tried to cover some of the grace clothes that benefit a marriage, and we know we've only touched on these garments briefly, and we hope they'll serve kind of as an hors d'oeuvre, whetting your own appetite to know more, digging deeper into His Word, having that heart of grace in your marriage. We want to encourage you by also including some warning about some little foxes that can spoil the vine in your marriage. And again, we're only going to briefly touch on these little foxes. Little foxes is a phrase found in the Song of Solomon, and it speaks of something being thought of as inconsequential or too little to think about having a detrimental effect. But in reality, little foxes can come in and do subtle damage and up to massive destruction. Four little foxes we want to briefly share on. The first fox we want to share on is the fox of comparison. As women, we all know that it is easy to compare ourselves to others. Social media has made it so easy to see other women in other marriages and assume they are perfect and we aren't. When I personally start seeing other people doing fun things or having these Instagram perfect pictures, it is so easy for me to want to be the same or to be jealous of what they are doing and what I am not. But in those moments, I think it is important to remember that we are made by the loving hands of God, and He wants us to realize we are uniquely designed, and so is our marriage, meaning each marriage has its own design behind it. When I compare myself to these other marriages or relationships, I devalue the marriage that I have, and I make things a problem when they aren't, because I see someone else doing it quote-unquote better. Of course, there are always components that can be better in your marriage, but fixing those components doesn't come from comparing our marriages to others. Comparison creates issues that are non-issues because we conjure up the idea that our marriage isn't good enough. The second fox is what I'm going to call the fox of quid pro quo. This fox tempts the wife with, well, if he's humble to me, then I'll be humble to him. If he's thankful and generous to me, I will be to him. I will serve him if he serves me. It is that tit-for-tat thinking, that something-for-something approach in our marriage. Ladies, don't let this fox in your marriage. Remember, God's grace is unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor towards sinners like you and me. Don't find yourself in a place where you offer grace to your husband that is contingent on grace being given back to you. That is not our example from Christ, and this is not how grace is defined. The next fox is the fox of impatience. Impatience is another thing that can seep into a marriage. Impatience can cause so many unnecessary disagreements. Right before I got married, I got great advice from a friend. She said, instead of saying, honey, can you take out the trash now? 
you say, honey, can you take out the trash whenever you have a chance? This advice has stuck with me to this day because I think it is so important. If we are asking our husbands to do something for us, we cannot expect that task to be done at that exact moment. It's unrealistic and not caring towards our husbands. If as a wife we are getting impatient, we will start to get irritated and resentful towards our husbands when it is unnecessary. 1 Corinthians 13.4 says love is patient. To love my husband is also to be patient with him, patient with his needs, patient with his career, and patient with his love. Strive to be patient in all aspects that involve him and your marriage as a whole. And then the last little fox we're going to look at is the fox of discontentment. Really, when these three little foxes that we just touched on are allowed to enter your marriage, there will be discontentment for sure. This fox seems to be a little bit bigger in size and can do great damage in the garden of your marriage. I found a quote, A contented woman is never poor, the discontented never rich. Discontentment tears down, crushes, spoils, and destroys. It can impact our affections, our forgiveness, and peace to name a few. The more we count the blessings we have, the less likely we will crave what we don't have. Contentment is the decision to embrace what God has provided for you and your husband in your marriage. Our Lord says that godliness, being adorned with the grace garments, is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. In 2 Timothy 6.6, let's be women who are content in all God has blessed us with. This does not mean we cannot want God's blessing in supplying our physical, emotional, or other desires and wants. But it does mean being satisfied with what you have and to allow God to manage and be the steward of all your needs and desires. He knows that true wealth his children can have in being content in him. Be on the alert for these little foxes and the other ones that can so easily find their way into your marriage. Allow your heart of grace to be a great defense against these culprits. Lauren and I have prayed for all of you that would hear this podcast, and it is our desire that each marriage and household would be filled with His richest and finest blessings, because we all want to be women who are seeking to have hearts of grace. Amen? Amen. As Lauren and I have prayed for each other in preparing for this podcast, we've also been praying for all of you who would hear this message. And I'd like to close this podcast by praying for all of us once again. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being the perfect example of grace. May we never ignore or take that for granted. Please give each of us a greater desire to not only want a heart of grace in our marriage, but to practice and to live grace in our homes and lives. Would you adorn us with your grace garments of humility, gratitude, generosity, and servanthood toward our husbands and toward others? Please help us to have discernment and awareness of any little foxes that try to creep into our marriages, that we would not allow them the opportunity to do anything harmful or damaging. Warn us when comparison tries to infiltrate our thoughts and words. When we have that approach, that I'll do something good, humble, or generous only if my husband does it to me and for me. Don't let that quid pro quo mindset have a place in your thinking. Please help me to guard against impatience and discontentment coming in, for they can have such destructive and harmful effects in my marriage and home. I give myself afresh to you, dear Lord, and ask all these things in your mighty and precious name. 
Amen. We hope this Virtue Podcast has been encouraging to you in your desire to be a wife with a heart of grace. God bless you. Until next time.